the story about Elijah in today's reading is one of my favorites. You may recall that before today's story, Elijah has just barely escaped the wrath of Queen Jezebel after killing off the prophets of Baal. He is exhausted, and having done amazing things in his ministry so far, he's walked with God, trusted in God, and seen miracles and bread appear from seemingly nowhere. He's seen all of that. But Elijah is discouraged in today's passage. He has one of those moments when he wonders whether he is any good at his calling, wonders whether any of it will make any difference. I know better than my ancestors, he says. Nothing has really changed. Perhaps I will give up now. So he lies down under a tree to rest and falls asleep. Rest. Sleep. Probably the right answer for each of us on those days when the world just feels like too much. When we feel powerless and discouraged and alone. Rest. Sleep. Then, Elijah smells it. A yeasty scent that can only mean something baked. Warm bread. The aroma fills his head as he awakens under that tree. And there it is. A small, freshly baked cake, we are told, sitting on hot stones by a pitcher of fresh water, right by his head. He is not alone after all. Other hands have made him some food, brought him water to drink, bread and water to revive and refresh him. And not just any hands or any bread, but from an angel, God's messenger, or in this case, God's delivery person. Manna from heaven, a pure gift from God. Bread and water from heaven. Elijah didn't ask for it, didn't earn it, didn't do anything to get it. God provided gently the simplest sustenance so that Elijah could regain his strength and go on to serve another day with faith and trust in God. You may have examples of this in your own life. Places where something or someone provides, perhaps without even knowing it, a reminder of what this experience is like. For me, it happens when I awaken to the smell of coffee. Because I live by myself, that only happens when my daughter or my sister has stayed over or a friend from out of town is visiting and gets up before I do, quietly moving about downstairs, making coffee in the coffee pot. The aroma drifts up the stairway, and I awaken, usually a little confused at first, 
what is that wonderful scent? Followed by the delight in remembering that I am not alone this morning. Other hands have prepared this simple, simple gift. I did nothing to make it happen. I didn't ask for it. Didn't earn it. The coffee on those mornings is pure gift. The simplest sustenance enjoyed with someone I love. Now, I think something like this is what Jesus is telling us in John's Gospel when he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He is the gift come down from heaven, from God the Father. A gift that we did nothing to make happen. We didn't ask for him, for his sacrifice, his love, his forgiveness, his resurrection. We don't earn his love, his forgiveness, that gift of resurrected life. He gives all of this to us freely. Love, forgiveness, a promise of eternal life in him. Like the small cake on a warm stone to which Elijah awoke, we too awake in Jesus' presence every morning. Whether we go to bed weeping, discouraged, or simply tired, we are beckoned into the morning by Jesus himself, offering us the living bread of his flesh, the waters of new life in baptism and the promise of our communion in Him and with Him. We are never alone. Do you trust in that promise? Do you trust Jesus? The simple story of Elijah and my own little coffee story helps me hold on to the understanding of Jesus as bread. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, and there's still a couple of more weeks to go. John's language around Jesus being the bread from heaven is metaphorical and, frankly, difficult to wrap our heads around. There's an interesting little piece in the passage where we're told that the people who were there were confused and complaining. What is he talking about, being bread from heaven? We know he is just the son of Mary and Joseph. No heaven here. Just a person we know and can touch. Just like us. Ironically, because John is so brilliant, What John describes as their complaining is actually part of the revelation about who Jesus is, right? Jesus says, the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus 
Jesus is indeed the son of Mary and Joseph. He is their neighbor, a carpenter, a person that those listening could touch. Human, just like us. This truth about Jesus that he came to us as a human being to live and die like we do is really important. Because he knows, because Jesus knows what it is to be a human being, to grow up, to love, to suffer, to be betrayed, to grieve, to die, because he shares our full human experience, we can trust him. We can trust him. I invite you to read the John passage again and substitute the word trust wherever John says believe. Because for us, belief connotes an intellectual assent, an idea. Whereas trust, trust is all about relationship. We trust people, actual people. We work on our relationships so that we are trustworthy. So that we know our loved ones more deeply. We listen to them and trust their love more deeply. I think it's about trust. Jesus came among us and offers himself, as he says, as living bread. And this is a relationship of trust. Trust that he is with us, offering himself always in relationship. Trusting that he does indeed greet us each morning when we awaken. A fragrant offering. His very being is our sustenance, unearned and offered anew every moment. So in a few minutes, when we eat the communion bread together, we are sharing in this relationship with Jesus and with one another. And we'll say it, we who are many are one body because we share in one bread, the bread of life. That's what we're sharing in. So let us eat this bread together, trusting in the promises Jesus has made to us and then go forth to share the bread of life with others. Amen.